Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad because of her, all you who love her. Exult, exult with her, all you who were mourning over her. Oh, that you may suck fully of the milk of her comfort, that you may nurse with delight at her abundant breasts. For thus says the Lord, Lo, I will spread prosperity over Jerusalem like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing torrent. As nurslings you shall be carried in her arms and fondled in her lap. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. In Jerusalem you shall find your comfort. When you see this, your heart shall rejoice, and your bodies flourish like the grass. The Lord's power shall be known to His servants. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Shout joyfully to God all the earth. Sing praise to the glory of His name. Proclaim His glorious praise. Say to God, how tremendous are your deeds. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Let all on earth worship and sing praise to you. Sing praise to your name. Come and see the works of God, His tremendous deeds among the children of Adam. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. He has changed the sea into dry land. Through the river they passed on foot. Therefore let us rejoice in him. He rules by his might forever. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Hear now, all you who fear God, while I declare what he has done for me. Blessed be God, who refused me not his, my prayer or his kindness. Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Galatians. Brothers and sisters, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither does circumcision mean anything, nor does uncircumcision, but only a new creation. Peace and mercy be to all who follow this rule and to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one make troubles for me, for I bear the marks of Jesus on my body. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Let the peace of Christ control your hearts. Let the word of Christ dwell with you richly. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory. At that time the Lord appointed 72 others 
whom he sent ahead of him in pairs to every town and place he intended to visit. He said to them, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Go on your way. Behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Carry no money bag, no sack, no sandals, and greet no one along the way. Into whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this household. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in the same house, and eat and drink what is offered to you, for the laborer deserves his payment. Do not move about from one house to another. Whatever town you enter and they welcome you, eat what is set before you, cure the sick in it, and say to them, The kingdom of God is at hand for you. Whatever town you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, The dust of your town that clings to our feet, even that we shake off against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God is at hand. I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom on that day than for that town. The 72 returned rejoicing and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us because of your name. Jesus said, I have observed Satan fall like lightning from the sky. Behold, I have given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and upon the full force of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice because the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, the kingdom of God is among us. This proclamation started the preaching of Jesus, and he tells his disciples who are sent forth to preach that same gospel to use those same words, to use that same declaration. And this helps us to understand everything about our faith. Where we stand in relation to God and to the world, what virtues we are to have, how we are to persevere in good times and in bad, how we are to deal with those who object and oppose us, how we are to understand the commandments, and how we are to understand our destiny. It all boils down to the kingdom of God is among us. The kingdom of God has broken into human history. It's not something of our own doing. It's not our accomplishment. We can't bring the kingdom of God from God to the earth. It's His initiative, His choice, His decision to love us, and the kingdom of God breaks into history. He comes into history, of course, with the Savior, Jesus Christ, actually taking on our human nature, but he broke into our history in preparation for that by sending the prophets, by forming a community based on his commandments and rescuing them from slavery and so forth. So many things happening to foreshadow the great salvation we have in Christ. The kingdom of God is among us. It's a kingdom. Therefore, it has a king. One king for the whole universe whose name is Jesus Christ. 
Only he deserves our total loyalty whenever any kind of human precept contradicts his kingdom and his commands, we have to give preference to him. He's the only king of this kingdom that has broken into history. And furthermore, this kingdom has its own characteristics that come from the king himself. So on the Feast of Christ the King, the liturgy says, His is a kingdom of truth and life, of holiness and grace, of justice, love, and peace. Why? Because God is those things. And this is where the way of life of the kingdom takes shape. The kingdom is not a label. Oh, I belong to the kingdom of God. Oh, isn't that great? And meanwhile, we go and decide to do and live whichever way we want, believe whichever way we want. No, the kingdom has defined boundaries. So because God is truth, the people of the kingdom rejoice in the truth. We share the truth. We fight against falsehood. Truth and love. The people of God are people of love, called to love, always striving to love better. Why? Because God is love. A kingdom of truth and life. Life. We are pro-life because God is life. That's the reason. He is life. There can poss not possibly be any way to be united with God and be against life. It's a kingdom of holiness and grace. The kingdom of God has broken into the world. The idea here, brothers and sisters, is that it is such an attractive kingdom, such a glorious entrance into human history. It's so captivating because not only does God deserve our ultimate loyalty, the only one who deserves our absolute loyalty, but he's the only one in whom we can put our absolute hope. He's the only fulfillment of the human spirit, the only ultimate joy a happiness of the human soul. And therefore, this kingdom of God makes us rejoice and it gives us the hope that the evils in the world, the chaos and the darkness, the disappointments and the betrayals, and the power of death itself will ultimately be overcome. This is a kingdom of holiness and grace. It has come into the world and is so attractive to us that we run to it and that we can leave everything else behind. We can use the things of the world. We can even enjoy the things of the world, of course, in as much as they are tools to serve God, in as much as they are stepping stones to union with God. But we don't put our ultimate hope and joy in these things, and we certainly don't allow those things to lead us into sin. The kingdom is broken into the world, and so we're captivated by it, and we run to it, and we're ready to sacrifice everything for it. Jesus spoke about this in various other passages and parables. You find a treasure in the field. Don't you go off and sell everything else in order to get it? Merchant in search of fine pearls, you find one, you go and sell everything you have. And those who have renounced even marriage, those who are celibate for the sake of the kingdom of God, religious brothers and sisters, as well as priests, are giving that sign. Religious consecration in the world 
is a sign that the kingdom of God has broken in upon us. It doesn't mean everybody is called to that. It means some are called to that to remind everybody else of this kingdom. This kingdom that is broken into the world promises life eternal. It's the kingdom that we join. It's the kingdom that we enter. It's the kingdom that captivates our attention and our desire in such a way that now death is not the end of the story because this is a kingdom of life. It's victorious over the grave. The king is alive and dies no more. Death has no more power over him. Brothers and sisters, that means it has no more power over you. Because in the kingdom, we are united with the king in spirit and in body. We become part of the body of Christ. We're incorporated into this kingdom by baptism. Our incorporation is sealed further by the gift of the Holy Spirit in confirmation. We share the very spirit of Christ. And then even physically, by the body of Christ in communion, this is a kingdom where there is intimate marriage with the king. Marriage with the king. You know, the gift of earthly marriage is a symbol of a bigger marriage between Christ and the church. This is what the kingdom is about, getting married to the king, sharing his spirit, sharing his life. So the commandments, they're not some kind of, oh my goodness, I got that list of burdensome do's and don'ts and limitations on my freedom. has nothing to do with that. It has to do with running to the king, seeing the kingdom broken into the world and saying, I want this. I want to be united with him. And we like run towards it. Nobody's got to tell us, oh, well, you know, by the way, you can't steal. What do you mean you can't steal? Why would I want to steal? I have everything I need in God. Remember, you can't lie. What do you mean I can't lie? Why are you even telling me that? I am united with the king who is truth itself. Truth brings joy. By the way, you can't kill those babies over there. It should be an insult to human beings. Of course, we know it's necessary to remind them because they've gotten so dark and twisted and corrupted that they think it's okay to kill babies. But in the kingdom, we say, don't kill babies. Why would anyone even need that reminder? We are the people of life. We are united to the king who is life. Jesus says, rejoice because your names are written in heaven. You are on the registry. You are enrolled as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. That's why the first reading prophesies this. Isaiah says, rejoice with Jerusalem. In other words... Jerusalem, in the Holy Land, the sign, the symbol as the capital and the place where the temple was of the covenant God made with his people, God's kingdom was breaking into the world, not yet in its fullness. But he said, if Jerusalem prospers, in other words, to the extent that the truth in the life, new life that God has given to his people grows, that benefits the whole world. It will benefit not only the Jewish chosen people, it will benefit the Gentiles too as the gospel ends up getting proclaimed to them. And so the book of the prophet Isaiah in today's passage is filled with overflowing joy. The growth of the kingdom of God means joy for you. Prosperity 
eternal prosperity. The Lord's power, it says, shall be known to his servants. It's a kingdom of power, power over the evils of the world. We in the kingdom of Jesus Christ do not bow our heads and scratch our heads and wonder if we're going to be able to overcome all the different evils in the world. We stand up and we say, you have already been overcome in the blood and by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are a kingdom of triumph, brothers and sisters. We live through the challenges of this world with triumph. Triumph over the evils. And that is what Paul is talking about to the Galatians because he says here the key paradox of the kingdom. I boast in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he's boasting in this great breaking in of the kingdom through the death and resurrection of Christ. That broke the power of evil. The paradox is that in the crucifixion, apparent defeat of Christ, it is the victory of Christ and of all of us over the power of sin and death. Now Paul was speaking about though some who were preaching the gospel but telling the people that they should also be circumcised. So he's, there, it was a combination of, yes, we're going to proclaim Jesus to you, but you know, continue to observe the Mosaic law. And Paul said, no, you don't, you don't have to observe that anymore. You don't have to observe circumcision or the other prescriptions of the law anymore. Christ Jesus has fulfilled all of that. But the reason some of these preachers of the gospel were saying that is because the opposition of some of the Jews to the preaching of the gospel was not so much that they were proclaiming Jesus, but that they were abolishing the law, that they were going away from the practices that had been handed down from Moses. And so some of these people who were kind of fearful preachers said, well, let's bring people into Jesus, but let's tell them that they could still get circumcised. And Paul says, you know what? I don't care how much they want to persecute or criticize or oppose me. I'm going to preach the full power of the kingdom of God, which now replaces the ritual laws of the past. I'm going to boast in the cross the crucifixion of Jesus, and the persecution that comes to me, I'll take it in his name because he says what matters is becoming a new creation in Christ. So many people say, oh, our religion, you know, it's about being a good person. No, brothers and sisters, religion is not being just about being good people. It's about becoming new people. Uh, Paul says a new creation. You know, when I first interviewed Norma McCorvey, who was the Jane Roe of Roe versus Wade, that disastrous decision that has now been reversed by the Supreme Court, praise God, we continue to rejoice in that. She said, I said to her in the interview, I already knew her and I already uh, had rejoiced with her in her own baptism. And I said to her at the beginning of the interview, so you are the Jane Roe of Roe versus Wade. And she says, no, I used to be but now I am a new creation in Christ. That's what we are. That's what the kingdom of God has done. And that is why today and every day that we journey on this earth, we overflow with joy because the kingdom of God is among us and we will rejoice as citizens of that kingdom forever. Our founding fathers understood this. 
They founded this nation and we will celebrate our independence tomorrow. Let us celebrate it in this context that these founders could do what they did and proclaim liberty from tyranny and proclaim the right to life given by God. Why? Because they knew the kingdom of God had broken into the world. This was the only way they could find the courage to do what they did in founding this nation. Brothers and sisters, this is also the way that you and I will find the courage to defend this nation, to proclaim the greatness of this nation, to build on the principles on which this nation was built, starting with that God-given right to life. May we have a joyous Independence Day, celebrating our citizenship of this nation and celebrating our citizenship in the kingdom of God. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.